Well, the movie, the podcast, that's right, movie, the podcast, it is August, I don't know if I know what the theme is, what's the theme? It's, uh, it's Eddie Murphy month, but I forget the, the, the title, <laughs> I forget the, it's the Murphy's, the, Murphy's Law, Murphy's, Murphy's Law. Law, that's right, yes, and we got to watch, uh, Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence's Life, not the yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal movie I almost watched, which yeah. is pretty good. We are yeah, I short, John. I guess, I guess movies movies aren't like horse racing, or you can name a movie the same thing. <laughs> or actors, like actors, have to have like and that's why J.K. Simmons is J.K. Simmons. Like he can't, there can't be. What do you mean? Like you got to have your own unique name for SAG or whatever. Is it for SAG or is it more to like stand out? Like I always thought it was like I thought the way he landed on J.K. Simmons was like, all right, I want to be John Simmons. Like no, that's taken. I thought like. There was a story behind him becoming J.K. Simmons because SAG wants you to have, like, like horse racing, your own, like, name. I had no idea. I didn't know that. I'm, I'm almost certain. I know Mortal Kombat doesn't give a shit about this because they're about to release, like, the third Mortal Kombat that's just called Mortal yeah. Kombat. So, Well, like, no, this one, it, well, technically, it's not called Mortal Kombat. It's called Mortal Kombat 1. Right, so, but it's like, yeah, it looks cool though. I'm probably gonna buy it. Not gonna it looks, lie, like it looks, it looks real good. It looks, it looks real, real good. good. Well, I'll buy it like I buy all the rest of the Mortal Kombat games where I like it. I play it for two weeks and I never pick it up again. <laughs> so, I mean, before we, I'm gonna say this about the the last slew of Mortal Kombat games. I've played them for the story, yeah. and then I don't play them like I don't like sit down and do like couch co op, or I don't sit there and no. go like. Like, oh, let's do some whatever. Like, just pick up. I, like, literally play the story mode. I'm like, this is pretty good. Yeah, the story's pretty cool. All right, anyway, we watched Life, um, the Martin Lawrence, um, uh, Eddie Murphy vehicle. And coming from last week, just just uh, real quick, it's amazing to see how good Eddie Murphy is in a project that he cares about. And, like, he wanted to, like, he's he's really good in this movie. But, like, the really amount of effort that's in this movie as compared to, like, Beverly Hills Cop 3 is immediately noticeable. Like, he's... And it helps that they say motherfucker or fuck, a like, lot. a billion times. Oh, yeah. Well, he's, doing, yeah. he's doing, like, a Billy Ray Valentine the entire time, right? I Basically. don't know who that is. Is that he's the guy the, that wrote He's Achy his character Breaky from Heart? Trading Places. Oh. I don't, I don't think I've ever actually seen that movie. Oh, that might be my pick. Well, I don't, we can't... Well, all he does is comedies, right? So I guess that throws that rule out the window. It's not true. He's done dramas. Yeah, he's got right. a couple of them. He's done a few oh, dramas, like Golden Child and and uh, that Dream that one in Brooklyn, Dream Girls. That's a drama, right? I don't think that's yeah. A comedy. yeah. Mr. Uh, Mr. Church, Mr. Church. I don't even know what that is, but yeah, Mr. Church, sure. Uh, anyway, what did you guys watch this week? Out. Um, according to my. Apple iNotes, uh, nothing. You didn't watch anything this week, wow. That's exciting. Apparently, apparently not. I swear oh I could, I must, like I must have. But I don't know. Cause the other day we were. A rare, a rare nothing week for Alec. That is, that is not very common. Doesn't typically throw a goose egg. No. Yeah, I can't, uh. Yeah, I'm gonna say nothing. I can't think of anything that I've wow. watched in the past. And I've had there got to be something, but I'll think of it like the second we hang up. Sure, sure. Yeah. All right, well, I'll pass the mic, my friend. Um, well, I'll go to TJ because Gog's probably has a ton because he's got his vacation movies. 
That's fair. Uh, I only watched one thing, and it's a shame Sean's not here because it's a movie that Sean's brought up on the show like a hundred times. It's a uh, Paul Schrader's Hardcore, uh, starring uh George C. Scott, and I've never seen it. I just heard about it. Uh, it's really fucking good. It's it's a about George C. Scott is this like guy that lives in like middle America and he's like a small business owner and he's like very religious. He's part of uh, a sect of Christianity that I've heard about but knew nothing about. He's a Calvinist. Are you, either one of you familiar with what that means? Because like, I didn't. Cal- yeah, they, they worship Wasn't Calvin. Calvin? Which... Nice. No. No, I don't think wasn't Calvin right. wasn't the Calvin wasn't Calvin the guy who did the ninety nine whatever's and he nailed him to the fucking church door? No, that's that's Martin Luther. Oh well, anyway, well, then I have the no Cal- idea who Calvin the, the is. Calvinists the Calvinists basically like they believe I they're kinda of, they might be the same thing as Jehovah's Witnesses, but they believe that like there's literally a set number of people that will be redeemed when when God comes back to earth. And I don't know, they talk about it a little bit in the movie. But basically, he is this very religious middle of the middle America guy. His daughter goes off to this like religious retreat and never comes back. And then he finds out that in, in he hires um fucking uh oh god I can't think of his fucking name Peter Boyle who Peter Boyle only in like the greatest movies in the fucking seventies that guy like fucking killed it. Uh, Peter Boyle is like this kind of sleazy, uh, private eye. And he finds out that his daughter is in like these like porn movies. And, um, then that leads him on this whole like journey to go to LA and like go into this dark underbelly. It's basically eight millimeter if it was good. Um, cause it's, it's really good. It's like, it's really, really well done. Um, it's when really it well. Out? 78 79 it's old i mean mm-hmm. it, this i believe this is paul schrader's first like directory because he before this he wrote uh he wrote raging bull and he wrote taxi driver i think this is the first thing that he directed and wrote um but it's really good george C. scott's like incredible in it he's like super angry through the whole movie and like I don't know. It's a movie that, um, and I mean, Paul Schrader, I mean, we watch first reform on the show, but like Paul Schrader enjoys his like moments of like, like characters kind of talking out these like deep philosophical ideas in his movies, but it like, it's good when it works. And like this movie, I feel like it works really well. Um, I will say that the ending is like very uneven, like it's kind of a slow paced movie. And then the end like ramps up like super fast and like, it's kind of over and you're like, what? Like, but overall, I thought it was like really, really good. Um, but that's all I watched. I didn't get a chance to see any of the movies I want to see. There's like three movies in the theater that I need to go see, and I just I've been too busy. And then uh, I need- Strays gets right. Strays comes out this weekend or next weekend. Oh, the dog, the talking dog movie. Yeah, yeah, that looks hilarious. Yeah, I want to see that. Um, I want to see. Talk to me, the new A24 horror movie that I keep hearing. I heard, people, it's, I heard it's good. People saying it's great. Uh, I need to see the Ninja Turtles movie and I need to oh, see yeah. Barbie. Oh, Cedric Moore's just hit a two run home run. I Let's didn't know go. The, uh, welcome to Orioles the podcast. Sorry. I, I don't care. I, I, it's going to happen. I, we've talked about I sports didn't, uh, before. I didn't know the Ninja Turtles was out already. Yeah, it came out last week. And people that, love it. it it's looks, getting like really good it reviews. It looks so goddamn good. Uh, I I keep I keep hearing that it's like 
Like I, uh, uh, somebody, uh, a film critic on YouTube whose taste I, I legitimately trust, he said that it's like the funniest comedy that's been released in years. Like it's like a legitimately like funny movie. Like it's written really funny. Funnily. Well, that's, that's awesome. Shout out <laughs> to, uh, Lord and Miller for making Into the Spider-Verse and showing people that you could be way out there with your animation style oh, yeah. and still be popular. You know what I really have to Pixar everything up. You know what I really love about this rendition of the turtles is that I never, even back when I was a kid and like, I, I loved the ninja, I never liked how they were all kind of interchangeable. The only thing that was different was their color masks, right? There was In two this, things that were different. What's the second thing? With the toys. Well, their weapons. The <laughs> no, the, was the color of their mask and which part of their mouth showed teeth. Ah, fair. Okay. But in this that movie, I, I'm sure you guys have seen the, 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 the designs and stuff. Like, they're all like different body types. Like, I'm like, that's clever. Like, that little change that. is super clever. They did that with one of the reboots of the, of the, um. I think they do it on the cartoon. Of the animated movie. one? Yeah, that oh, your like, kid watches. Yeah. Yeah, cause I was watching it one time with them and I was just like, I put it on from, I wasn't watching it. I walked by and like, Raph was like, huge. Like, Raph had like, head and shoulders. I like that. Bigger than everybody else. Is it like they legit made him like four different like breeds of turtle? I'm not There's sure. One, I, mean, I, haven't, like, I haven't seen the movies. Well, I mean, I think, well, I know in the show, it's just basically like, they were just like people, they're just like people, like people come in different shapes and sizes as opposed to being yeah, called, yeah. like cookie cutters. Well, I like it. Like I said, I like it. And it's also a good way, like visually to like show their personalities. Like it's a smart, it's a smart move on like the creator side of thing, like to the design wise. I mean. Um, but yeah, that's it. I watched, um, I watched some, I, did I watch any TV? I, I watched an episode of that, uh, I am a Virgo, uh, the Boots Riley show and I can't wait to finish it. It's great. But again, I just been fucking busy. So, uh, Gogs. Um, so I did watch a bunch of things. I'll try and keep the, the, the normal Gogs is away stuff to just your the bangers. I watched Lebowski Jaws. Actually, there's only two bangers. That were in my normal rotation. Um, yeah, so make it to your normal rotation. Huh? Say what? You got some trash in your normal rotation. Yeah, we got, well, no, we got, um, some other things popped up. I got to have like a very chili peppers, uh, movie experience because I also watched Point Break. So, oh, 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 I was, I was a little confused there. I was like, wait, where are you going with this? And then I was like, oh yeah, Flea. So you watch Flea and the, and the, you watched uh, Flea. We saw Anthony Kiedis. You saw Point Break, and then you watched The Big Lebowski. That's correct. Yeah. Um, I rewatched uh the old the old Children of the Corn, the good one. You know, um, I feel like I've never seen that. That is one of the Linda like, Hamilton junk. I don't think I've. It's an old old that Stephen King, right? I, I think it's yeah. one of the few Stephen King movies I haven't seen. I forget if it's Linda Hamilton before or after the Terminator. I think it's before. If you want to listen to a terrible song, listen to the Ice Cube Corn song, Children of the Corn. Oh. It's uh, real bad. <laughs> I bet. Um, but that wasn't on the Spawn soundtrack, was it? it sounds like a no, Spawn no, soundtrack that was, collaboration. That was, that was on the Seminole Corn album, Follow the Leader. Oh. <laughs> um, I watched most of some terrible oh. movies. <laughs> But I'm not going to talk about those. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, no, just just give us brief, give us titles and. and I, very I watched I watched most of a movie called Steel Trap. It's really bad. <laughs> uh, it was on Shutter. Um, people go to a rave in an abandoned high rise, like office high rise, mm-hmm. and then 
they're being stalked and killed, but like not in a fun way. Um, cool. and you hate them all. So you're kind of like, all right, cool. Um, but I didn't finish it. Uh, I watched a chunk of this movie called Death Game, which is very weird. Very it's on like, the nose type title there. But it's like, it's like funny games, sort of, but like, it's like weird. two girls show up at this dude's house. And seduce him and then like torture him, but like. So it's like, uh, it's like knock knock. Did you ever see that fucking movie? No. Is that the Keanu movie from a few years ago? It's fucking terrible. Don't watch it. I wonder if it was a make, I wonder if it was a remake. This was from like the seventies. Um, well, it probably, it's funny because it probably was and Eli Roth just didn't recognize, like, realize it. Acknowledge. Well, he probably realized it. He probably just didn't bring it up. Um, I watched a, I watched all of this movie. Uh, it's still not great, but it's not, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. It's polarizing. I watched the original Jeepers Creepers, the Justin Long vehicle. People fucking love oh, that movie. I, it's, it's got a big following. It is like, it's a movie that doesn't. So here's the, have you seen it? Has any, have you seen it? I saw it. I saw like it forever ago. I saw it on a date the weekend it came out. And that's the last time I saw it. Also, the girl loved it. And I was like, Oh, this isn't going to work. <laughs> Like, yeah, so, like, I don't, under- I don't understand, the movie starts, and it goes fast, and then, like, before you know it, like, the town, the town is confronted with the fact that they have a full-blown living monster in their town, and, like, nothing is done about it, really, like, it's, like, and it's never, like, you know how normally it's, like, that cat and mouse sort of, like, oh, like, the bodies keep showing up and they're going to pin it on Justin Long and his sister because they're from out of town and maybe they're the murder. It's not that. It's just like, oh, there's like a vampire bat gargoyle man who's unkillable and he's just ripping the heads off of sheriffs everywhere and we're all at peace with it. Um, we're not at peace with did. it, but we're just, we're just confronted with how useless we are against it. And then it ends on like a tremendous down note. I mean, I don't um, hate. I don't hate that. I like kind of like the 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 eldritch horror that like you can't do anything about. I do. Yeah. I, like that. That is not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, I, I think, think they just I think they just put a, a remake of that out like recently because I saw they? somebody. I think so because I saw like a hilarious post that said something like, "This ruins the legacy of Cheaters." <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. Um. Well, I think all three movies take place literally. In like the same forty-eight hour period, because oh, I've okay. seen, I actually saw Jeepers Creepers two before I saw Jeepers Creepers, and Jeepers Creepers two takes place like the next morning, and then apparently that... Jeepers Creepers three takes place during Jeepers Creepers one, but like oh. with characters you didn't see. Can I just say that I I hated that movie before I ever saw it because I hate the title so much. Like the title is fucking stupid. Well, the the way to get to the title is silly too, just because the whole bit about the psychic lady who lives in the woods and sees Justin's long Justin Long's death happening to that song. Who sees whatever Justin, Justin's long? <laughs> nice. Um, other things I watched. I watched Blades. Have you ever seen Blades? The the, the vampire hunter. No, Blades. No, I have not seen Blades. It is, it is. I cannot not, like, this is the weirdest recommendation, anti-recommendation. Either avoid this movie at all costs or watch it immediately. It is a basically almost 
beat for beat remake of Jaws. Okay. But it's about a sentient lawnmower terrorizing a golf resort. I mean, oh. that sounds fun. It's from, it's a trauma movie, I think. <laughs> it's, it's like the guy who plays the golf pro who is supposed to be, I guess, the chief Brody character, uh, is the worst actor I've ever seen <laughs> in anything in my entire life. It is, <laughs> it is a masterclass. In like, how did this ever get put on? How did any take he ever gave? No one was like that. If that was the best one, so it's a wow. it's a real uh, pro wrestlers versus zombies type it, production. It is a head scratcher, but it is like to the point where they even have like three yellow balloons on the the lawnmower, like the three barrels on the shark. Like it is <laughs> like it is Jaws, but if it is Jaws a unapologetic Jaws knockoff. It was like, 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 like the lawnmower is terrorizing this golf course, but they're about to have like the, like the, like the manager of the golf course is the Mayor Vaughn character. Like they're about to host a televised tournament. So they can't, they're not going to cancel the tournament. They're going to hunt the, they're going to hunt the lawnmower so the tournament can go on. <laughs> I mean, so you're not, you're not not selling me on this movie. That's what I'm gotta be either, either you have to watch this immediately. Or avoid it entirely. Those are my another shower movie. Yeah, you'll be happy to know, guys, that guy never acted in anything else. I and he produced happy about that or not, but he produced two movies. He got EP credit on two movies: Deathstalker and The Warriors from Hell, and (laughs) Barbarian Queen Two: The Empress Strikes Back. Hell yeah, yeah! It is. Let me tell you, it is just. I'd watch it, but I didn't see Barbarian Queen one, so I don't. I'd yeah, you might miss lost. out. Barbarian Queen one, A New Hope. <laughs> you can get it on Blu-ray for twenty three dollars on Amazon. Oh, like it seems, you, like, it seems a little over. It's on Shutter. It's on Shutter. Uh, so just I didn't know what I was getting into, and then like I just put it on because I was playing Diablo, and then I like I start looking over. I'm like, what is this? And I'm like, this is just like. And then I read up on. It, I was like, oh, this is literally. If Jaws was at a golf course, like this is hilarious. So, um, I watched that and I watched another movie. Um, the last thing, this is something I was saying. I also watched this stuff and I watched, uh, Return of the Living Dead, but those movies rule. Um, I like both. Of I watched too. this movie called Unwelcome, also on Shudder. Has anyone seen this? I'm not familiar with it, no. No. Um, it's about this couple who live in London, London. and then they, London. Um, they basically, they got, there's this really actually very traumatic and kind of horrifying, like home invasion scene, like at their, at their apartment. Like they just found out there, they've been trying to get pregnant. They just got pregnant. Like all this terrible shit happens. And then they find out like the dude's aunt died and they left them this house out in, uh, Scotland, I think. Um, so. Scotland or Ireland, forgive me. Um, I think it's Ireland. It's, no, it's in Ireland. They go there because it's, um, basically Irish fairies, leprechauns, like that sort of shit lives in the woods. And like you find out the aunt was tending to them. And then like there's, there's this <laughs> not a direction I expected the movie to take. Yeah. Well, so they move out to the countryside of Ireland, right? And then you find out about like these, they call them red caps that like, like the, 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 the aunt, what minded or whatever. And then simultaneously 
these two are trying to get the old house fixed up. They fall in line. They fall in with um, basically like the town uh, trash people. They're like uh, like the like the the redneck dirty hillbillies of this Irish town, and one of that's led by um, uh, who was who was uh, Cole Meany. Cole Meany, thank you. Uh, I was Mr. Scott from uh, and also Hodor's here. And the one chick from uh, one of the chicks from Dairy Girls. And so, like, all these things are simultaneously happening where you've got these red hat things that are sort of being dealt with or unleashed or whatever. One. Good job, birds. Meanwhile, you've got this poor couple having to deal with these, like, psychopathic townies who they can't they've run afoul of. And now they're being sort of assaulted and, like, attacked by. And then it all comes together in this sort of weird Ending. It's strange. It's also on Shutter. So weird. You, you, you really get a lot of uses out of Shutter. I, I Dude, when, I, when, I, when I have nothing else going on, I just go to Shutter. I'm like, just show me something. Yeah. And the lead, uh, the lead actor played Titus Abraxas in Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> oh, that's right. He was Titus Abraxas. Titus. It's a 2023 movie, so I guess it counts for my 2023 watch list. Titus. He also he also Titus played Nick, Nicky Six in that uh, Netflix. Oh, I love that movie. The uh, Molly Crew, the Molly Crew movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, really young, like, I really like that movie. What is the, what is the lead girl? What's the lead female from? She looked very familiar to me. If you're digging up facts. Um, Ready Player One. Oh, that's oh, right. What's her name? Coleman? Oh, that, that girl? Hannah John she played, Kanan? She played, she played Ghost in uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. That's, that's oh, it. more oh. what you'd recognize her from. That's what I saw. Oh, I know her, yeah. Oh, she was the bad guy. She was one of the bad guys in Ready Player One. That's right. Yeah. And she was in, apparently she was in Game of Thrones, but who, she's British, so who wasn't in Game of Thrones? Yeah, um, all them, all them Brits were in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Game, Game of Thrones is basically Britain's Law and Order. Like, if you're a British actor, you ended up in Game of Thrones. And if you're an American <laughs> actor, you ended up on Law and Order. Anything else, guys? That's it. That's all the things, all the various things I watched. Go watch Blades or don't. That's my biggest, that's a big takeaway from this. I kind of want to watch Blades. I I do. All right, let's get into life. Uh, Gogs, uh, you've been sorely missed the last two weeks because none of us know how to recap movies very well. Uh, it is your superpower. So what happened in this movie, Life? What, what doesn't happen? 1999's Life. 1999's Life. Uh, movie opens and it's, uh, post World War One, pre World War Two. And we meet, uh, let's see, uh, we it's meet, like the, the mid thirties. Is that it? Yeah. So mid uh, to late thirties. Yeah. Is prohibition, prohibition must still be on though, right? Is that the issue here? Yeah. You know, Cause they were, they're running. Cause they're running yeah. booze, right? Yeah. yeah. So yep. you get, uh, you get Ray played by Eddie Murphy and he's a hustler and he's trying to go to some, nightclub and at that same nightclub martin lawrence is there with his wife or girlfriend or whatever and they're they're both i i guess like like uh the martin i'm sorry eddie murphy's character is like a forever hustler and eddie murphy's uh excuse me, martin lawrence's character is sort of like uh he just sort of made some mistakes oh my god that was rick james spanky johnson was rick james you didn't realize that was rick james yeah. i not with not with the short hair I, he looked yeah. familiar so anyway yeah. They're in this club. They're doing whatever. Uh, they meet up in a bathroom, as men often do. 
they have an exchange, whatever. But uh, Eddie Murphy pickpockets Martin Lawrence. Well, and before that, after Martin Lawrence has already been yeah. shaken down for all yeah. his money because he owes money all over town to some other folks. And he's like, dude, I've been starting a job Monday. I'll pay you back, blah, blah, blah. So he's got no money. His moneyless wallet gets stolen by Eddie Murphy, who also owes money in this club. Nobody's like, nobody should be in this building, but here we all are. And they get dragged to a back room where Rick James uh, basically takes a book out of uh, Big Boy Caprice's playbook and starts dunking Martin Lawrence in, I guess this building is built over top of a river or some such. Uh, so he's going to drown him, and then he's going to deal with uh, Eddie Murphy because he owes him money. But Eddie Murphy's got big plans. He's like, listen, I know a dude who's got cases and cases of booze down in Mississippi. Mississippi, right? Yeah, it was Mississippi. And he's like, just, I need some capital and a driver. I need some help, you know, help me out. I'm going to make you rich, you know, but I don't trust none of y'all. So why don't you just let me use this drowned guy? So these two now are stuck together. Uh, Martin Lawrence begrudgingly goes along with it because he doesn't want to be unlived in this scenario. And, uh, Eddie Murphy needs someone to ride with him. So they're driving down south. Uh, they don't care for each other or Eddie Murphy's trying to make conversation. Martin Lawrence wants nothing to do with it. Uh, they go to, um, this is deep. I mean, but this is the 1930s, right? So racial prejudice, you know, abound. Uh, I mean, they go to a, I, I, I'm so this is sure, what's interesting I'm about this sure movie. you could go to a lot of places in the deep South and it wouldn't be that too. Yeah. To this day, right. Similar like, to now. Yeah. To, to then. So here's what's interesting about this movie. This movie has like genuinely funny moments. Like it's a comedy, like a buddy comedy sure. and it is counterbalanced with like moments of like social commentary oh, and yeah. like the meditations on racism. It is and, a like, dramedy through and through. And when I was talking, I was texting TJ about this. Alec, you ever seen one flew over the cuckoo's nest? No. Cause in the, at the end of the day, like it was giving me really big, I recommend you should check that movie out. It's really, it's depressing, but it's really good. Um, this had lots of one flew over the cuckoo's nest vibes at the end of the day. So anyway, they get down to this one town. The town is racist as hell. They won't sell them any pie. These fellows are from New York where I guess racism is not as flagrant as it is down here. Um, they go to the next town down and they're like, all right, we don't care. We don't care what color you are. All the money's green. Here's the case of the booze in the truck. Go have fun. Right. So they go to town. Martin Lawrence has $2 on him. He's horny and homesick. So he gets seduced by a prostitute. Um, he meanwhile, smoking hot. Yeah. Easy. Most okay. of the women in this movie are smoking. Actually, yeah, almost all of them. Well, all of them, except for the old, old white lady at the yeah. So then the next. So then meanwhile, Eddie Murphy's like, oh, snap. Y'all got a car game. Let's go. And he takes the rest of their their traveling money, gas, lodging, the stuff that they're supposed to get him from point A to point B. He goes and he sits down um, with what's his name from uh, from Half Baked uh, Samson. No. Yeah. No, no, not Samson. No. What's the guy's name? I can't think of his name. Whoever the big bad guy is with the E14 crossbow. He's sitting down there playing cards and he's betting all the money he's got. He bets his dad's watch, which is like very precious to him. And it's established earlier about, you know, his love for his dad and everything. His father passed away and he's a hustler and doing whatever he's hustling. He loses the watch, loses all their money. So now they have no money. They're penniless down here. 
They're trying to figure out what the fuck they're going to do. Eddie Murphy finds that figures out that the, the, the woman working at the bar is helping, uh, what's his name? Cheat. So he goes out looking for him. Meanwhile, that guy whose name I cannot come up with is wandering around town with his ill-gotten gains. He runs into a sheriff, like a racist Southern sheriff. I guess I didn't have to say racist, just Southern right, sheriff. Yeah, you know right. what I'm saying? Um, so they, he's, he, you know, he cracks wise to this sheriff. Uh, sheriff kneecaps him. He slashes sheriff's face and the sheriff does him in. So this dude's dead, but he's dying. Martin Lawrence and Eddie Murray find this dude dying. They get caught up by a bunch of local bumpkins with shotguns. They get it's, it's, uh, the Patriot front finds them and takes them off to the goddamn sheriff's office. And they're like, all right. We found all this booze in your truck. You killed this dude. You know, here's what's the deal. You know, you're going on trial. Sheriff's there, face slashed. They found when they found dead dude, dead dude didn't have money on him. He didn't have the didn't have the watch on him. And they're like, listen, we just want a fair trial. We didn't. It's like it'll, it'll all be fine if you didn't do it. We're gonna find out you didn't do it, and that'll be that. They're like, we'll cop to the booze. We didn't kill this guy. Boom, guilty life. So they send him to Mississippi State University or wherever the hell and. Right. They're going to uh, Camp 8, and it's just like a hard labor camp, and it's all African-American dudes. Like, you can just sort of tell. This is just Jim Crow racism through and through. We're stuck here. You find lots out none of, of these dudes. Lots of, uh, of uh, boy being thrown around in this movie. Lots of boy. Lots of, like, they got, like, a, they got, like, a, like, an Uncle Tom dude who's, like, Buddy, buddy with the, not the warden, but the boss. But I will give the movie credit. They even, they even like, they, um, and I'm jumping ahead to a little bit later in the movie, but they even like give him more, more dimension. Like when they eventually have to shoot the guy from Joanna, man, like he doesn't yeah. want to do it. Like he's not the one that makes the shot. I really like that little bit of characterization. It's like, like, yeah, you know, like I, I, and there's a there's multiple scenes towards the like as this movie goes where they indicate that like while there's definitely like a dichotomy between you know there's a tense dichotomy between the law and the the criminals like there's a camaraderie because they've been together for so long. Well, that's the thing, right? At the like, end of the day, I, they've been together for like seventy years by the yeah, time this movie's I, done. I you know again like that that I thought was like really well done. Like I was impressed. I already fucked this up. The movie opens with a funeral. Oh, and Martin right, yeah. Lawrence and Martin Lawrence and uh and Eddie Murphy are being buried and they're being eulogized or remembered all at the prison camp. Is that one by, guy that one guy is is that PM Dawn? The guy the one guy that's like the bigger guy? I swear to God. No, that's, that's heavy D. That's heavy, heavy D. D. Heavy D, yeah, okay. That's what But the um That's what I meant. So but the, the whole time they're talking about Willie, this guy Willie Long. He's like, I saw them when they first showed. He's basically doing the Andy Dufresne was my friend. So the whole story is actually being told from this one old timer's perspective who met them when they first show up at this camp. So they show up at this camp and, you know, they kind of get shit on and beat up and yelled at. And there's a scene with cornbread and this giant dude called Goldtooth. And like a lot of this is sort of played for laughs at first. And then there's like this like scenes where. It's very humanizing, like when everyone's family comes to visit and like there's a scene where they find out there's a scene that's like 
equal parts funny and heartbreaking. Like they're after they're out in the work in the yard or whatever. And they're under constant threat of being shot, right? Like it's always like, if you run away, we're going to shoot you, whatever. Keep breaking rocks, keep digging ditches, whatever you got to do. There's a scene where they're all taking a break. And by now, Martin Lawrence and Eddie Murphy have sort of earned some of the respect of these folks. And they're like, hey, can either of you read? And it's like, yeah, we can read. Y'all can't read? And it's like, yeah, we can't read. And they break out. Dude's like, I was carrying this letter for five years. Can you read this to me? And like Eddie Murphy reads this letter to him. And it's kind of, it's funny in the sense that it's like he's hearing five years of history. It's like immediate shit. It's like your whole family died, in like right. tornado, whatever else, right? And yeah, but, oh, played, but, but your dog got taken in by the neighbor. Oh, but he got worms. It yeah, provided yeah. the worms, right? Like, so these guys, then, you know, and then he's like, anybody else? Anybody else gonna let you go? We didn't read. They're all just like, nope. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But like, so like at the same time, it's like, it's funny, but at the same time, it's kind of like sad, you know, right? Cause obviously commentary on how people were treated and the fact that there was a lack of education and everything else down there. So at some point they're like, all right, we're going to try and make a run for it. Uh, let's get out of here. Meanwhile, Martin Lawrence, like, I got a lawyer. I'm going to try and get out of this. I'm not going to run away with you. But then he finds out that his fiance is banging his like lawyer brother and. They didn't, they denied his appeal. So he's like, I gotta escape. I gotta get out. So they run away. Uh, they run away under false pretenses because Eddie Murphy says he's got a map that gets him out of the swamp. There's no map. He made it up. They get caught. They get brought back. They get put in the box. Um, and they're like sweating out for a week in the box. Now they're back in Gen Pop and just doing whatever. Then you find out basically. Like, I think the first, I think the first span of time is like 15 years past. And they've been down here 15 years, right? And they're older. Now they're kind of like, they went from being like the new, like the fresh meat on the yard to being like kind of like the season. They've seen other people get brought in, whatever. You also introduced this whole casket. There's biscuit. There's radio. There's, um, jingling. <laughs> uh, played by. The uh, incomparable Bernie Mac. Biscuit. Uh, he's, Biscuit. He's so good in that. Oh, Bernie Mac's fantastic. Biscuit is, again, the guy that played, uh, that was in Joanna Man. That guy is typecast as the, let's just say he's coded gay in this movie, like pretty heavily. And he always is I bad mean, in most of this. Like, yeah. He's gay. He's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Miguel Nunez. Um, he also was a DJ in Street Fighter. Oh yeah. yeah. Um uh can't get right. Can't you know, can't get right by Bo played by Bokeem Woodbine. Young yeah, um, young, young Bokeem Very young Bokeem Woodbine, yeah. Uh, uh like so they're hanging out, they're doing whatever. Uh, uh Anthony Anderson's in the he's he's the cook. Um and you know, now they're like like all right, we gotta play they're playing like an inner it, it for a little bit there it becomes the longest yard. Like, look, we're playing baseball. We gotta get good at baseball because whatever camp wins the baseball tournament gets to have a pig roast. We want that pig roast. Come on, guys, help me out. Cause they find out that like Martin Lawrence knows base, like these New York cats know baseball. So they become like the coaches. And we're introduced to Bokeem Waban, who's they, they, everyone's nicknames are fun. He's can't get right. And guess, I don't know if he's a mute or what's up with him, but he, he doesn't yeah. speak, but he can hit the ball a mile because he can't get right. You know, a Pittsburgh, uh, scout from the Negro Leagues shows up, uh, to, to check him out. Like, 
Martin and uh, Eddie, Eddie try and parlay that and them hoping to get pardoned along with this cat. Um, they win the tournament. They get the pig roast. They get to have like a, it's like, you know, you know, and once again, like Shawshank, like they're in beers and the, that, that was like a party scene. Like they're playing like horseshoes mm-hmm. and they were like, and like, even like at that, to your point, TJ, like even like the guards and them were being chill. Like people were being whatever. Yeah. Um, so that's, they, where they're the, uh, that's, that's where the, uh, the warden's daughter gets impregnated. Yeah. Right. So the the warden's daughter, who in the first sequence is a, a child. child. Like yeah. Eight. That 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 is part of the that that part of the movie made me feel uncomfortable. Like I know and she. I know Bokeem Woodbine wasn't present when she was a child, but it's still fucking weird. Like, no, they're all know. gawking at her when she comes I, back. I know. I know. I I get it. I I understand. It's just. I just. I I'm don't not know. saying it's any better. I'm just. Saying I just what felt happens. like it was like I don't. I it like it's not the worst thing in the world, but it it I can't lie and say it did make me feel like really uncomfortable like i was like this is kind of gross so now so he him and this girl are making eyes at each other and all this other. they have they win they have the party whatever um so uh over the course of all the and i want to bring i want to run back for one thing back in the the first stint when they're first making their bones like when they're when, like people are learning about them like Martin and Eddie, like Eddie Murphy will sit there, lay in his bed, and talk about Ray's Boom Boom Room, which is the club he wants to open one day. Yeah, and he would tell these tales, and like everybody was like, "Who? This actually, this I thought this scene was really cool. He I love this scene. This yeah, storytelling scene where he paints a picture of Ray's Boom Boom Room and what happened last night, and where yeah. all the prisoners was, and what everyone's job was, and what everybody's doing, and everyone. It's like it takes them." This is where I felt like it felt the most cuckoo's nest. Like it took everybody out of this terrible situation yeah. and like gave them like a taste of freedom just through storytelling. Everybody, nope, everybody knows it's bullshit, but like Martin has to say something and everybody gives him a raft of shit about it. Like you're always saying the wrong thing. You're always ruining this for us. Like this is, this is like them. This is him like guiding them through like a, almost like a group dream. And it looked, it looked really, it looks really good. Cool. Like it shot really well. Like this whole movie, like again, I, I just, I have to compare a lot of things to what we watched last week, but like this movie, like they did a really good job of like color grading and like overall, like the movie has like different like tonal values, like cut, like visually, like when they go to the, the speakeasy in the beginning, it looks different than when they go to the, you know, and they're in the prison yard. And then when they have this fantasy, it looks different. It's like, that all like smacks of like really good direction and like I like, don't know. Like the fantasy looked like the Great Gatsby. Like it was just like it looked awesome. You had that it, all that crazy like Art Deco. It was like super well lit. Like I don't know. It was really really cool. It was a it was a very clever way to illustrate what they were they were going through. I like and like it's a cool like emotional beat to like show them all connecting and like how like they gotta get pulled out of this situation just through hope or whatever. So now yeah, I totally agree. So now back 15 years ago. So when they win the club championship or whatever, the daughter gets knocked up. The daughter gives birth. Uh, and like the doctor and the midwife are like, uh oh. And then the, the, the warden who lives on the yard, whatever, he lives there. He's like, was everything okay? They're like, yeah. They're like, what's going on? It's like, well, he's, I forget what the word it was. He said he's something. The warden's like, oh, good. It's a boy. And he walks in there and then just like his face loses all color because the baby, has color and now they're like uh-oh there's yeah. a scene where they line up all the prisoners 
and they hold the baby up to each one of them <laughs> to see which prisoner looks like the baby. Yeah. Because the girl's then, not talking. And then they have their I am Spartacus. I'm Spartacus moment. moment. Yeah, right. Pretty great. To which actually what I thought was interesting was that they sent them off. They sent the warden and his daughter and the baby off, whatever, and never to be heard of again. And there was no repercussions really for the guys in no. the prison. Which well, I guess because what are they going to do? Who? What? Are, they can't. They can't. Already in prison, right? All of them, like you know, like. right. So, uh, then you find out can't get right gets uh, he gets called up to the Negro leagues and he gets a pardon, and then Martin and Eddie Murphy don't. So now it's now it's time for another escape plan. Yeah, um, I really like. I really. I really like that scene a lot because you can see Martin. Or Claude, like, yeah, really like at his wit's end, like he's like about to lose it because they didn't get the part with him. Mm-hmm. And then Ray has to like talk it down. He's like, it's all about can't get right, right? Like Claude's right. like, he's slowly like begrudgingly like, yeah, like at least, at least he got out. Yeah. I I agree. But yeah. he's like, but he's like dying inside. Well, and it's like, and it's a breaking point for their, like, Martin Lawrence's character. Like, it, it was, again, like, I agree, really well, really well done stuff. I think of this, exa- I think this same sequence of time or whatever is when Biscuit finds out he's getting released. Yeah. And Biscuit's the, the guy story. who's coded, he's gay. And he's like, I can't go back to my family. Like, yeah. They'll and- never accept me. Yeah, and and then Mart or uh, Eddie Murphy says that's you know nineteen whatever. Dick it's nineteen thirty six or whatever, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, he says nineteen forty five. And he's like, like, oh, you know, the world's a lot different now. It's like, yeah, no. <laughs> like World War Two's happening. Like, you know. So anyway, they get yeah, this scene's so, really. So this get, scene is really sad. This is so he's like just makes a makes a run for it, and he just does suicide by cop. And I feel like I've seen this in another movie, but I can't think of which one. It's kind of like in The Running Man where they thought that the exploding collar barrier was down and it wasn't. Uh, um, nothing comes to mind. I... And it's sort of, as, it's almost, it, it's it's sadder, actually. But it's like that scene in Shawshank where that young kid that can get Andy Dufresne free gets called out to the yard and then gets shot by Clancy Brown or whatever. Oh, right, right. But so Biscuit kills himself, and that's sad as hell. And now and yeah, they're like, all right, we like, gotta try to. Like I said ahead. before, the 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 guy that's like the second, the second in command, who is a black guy, like he has his rifle up, but he won't make the shot. And I really like that little story beat. And the guy that does eventually make the shot looks like almost shocked that he had to do it. Like he doesn't. It's not like he's like, yeah, fuck these guys. Like not he happy looks about pretty it. upset about it too. So I don't know. It's it's I, I I'm I'm really impressed with the emotional depth that this movie has for like what I remember being like a silly comedy. Yeah, it certainly was promoted like a silly comedy. I'm sorry. Still in that scene, then you have Bernie Mac. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's great. Bernie Mac crossing the line to go get biscuit and the. uh they're like, the prisoner trying to get him to stop so he doesn't get shot. He just like shakes him off and goes. Shakes him and off and goes and gets him. Everybody yeah. understands and they just let him go get him. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, the movie carries a lot of emotional weight, actually. 
Um, more so than you ever would have saw, thought seeing the ads, like, growing up. I never saw this movie before, so, like, I just remember seeing the ads and being like, oh, it's like, I figured it was going to be, like, the Apple Dumpling Gang or, like, some it's sort that- of silly just prison comedy. I, I can't even remember if I'd seen this movie before, but I used to work with a guy that literally used to quote this movie all the fucking time. And just like, based on, like, his other movie, like, the, this guy, what he likes, I just assumed it was a stupid comedy. <laughs> he would quote yeah, I mean, movie I would think a lot of people, a lot of people probably still interpret it as a stupid comedy. Yeah, you're probably and right. Don't, and don't get the depth. You're probably right about that. I mean, it's pretty heavy handed. Like, if you, like, if you laughed your way through Biscuit getting shot, like, that speaks, that's something wrong with you. Right. But like, some of, some of the lines in this movie, like, like, all, all the, uh, argument with the cornbread, like, you can't have my cornbread, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. My fucking cornbread. Dude, the part where. Stuck with me for like 20 years. The part where, like, every time, every time I see cornbread, that pops into my head. They were talking about bread. like there, there, there was some someone said something I forget like you're talking about claws like you, know, you make like they were saying when you making too much noise you make too much racket and he goes to jingling made a lot of racket like there's like some reaction <laughs> shot with Bernie Mac that just cracked me the fuck up. Um, the movie has like like I say it's got legitimately funny bits and the part I didn't talk about this I'm screwing this all up the part where they're first sitting down the table talking about their crimes before he fights Goldmouth and everyone's going around the table talking about what they did to get in prison. My question to the group is, was that all bullshit? Were they all bullshitting? Or were they like, cause someone said, think, well, you're the one that skinned your landlady alive, and then it ends with, with Anthony Anderson goes, well, who killed, well, at least they didn't kill Santa Claus or something like that. Right. Yeah, I think it was all supposed to be bullshit, like they're trying to scare the new guys. That's what, that's what I, yeah, I took I, it for. I took it as being kind of, like, kind of, the to- like bullshit, tongue in cheek. Like ribbon of. So anyway, they, so they, they try and escape. Well, they were going to try and escape again. I think Eddie Murphy in this one, Eddie Murphy does do the escape attempt and Martin doesn't. And he's like, dude, we're going to find this plane. We're going to steal the plane. We're going to fly to New York. And he like buzzes by the, the yard. He's like waving to everybody and he crashes that he ends up in the, in the hole. And then I think we skip another bunch of years and now they're in their fifties, maybe. And this is where Martin goes to steal some pie. Like you get oh, some, yeah. Some I love that, love that voiceover. I don't know who's doing the voiceover at this point. I can't remember who who does a lot of the voiceover. He's like, it's the guy, you know, it's every, the guy every, who, every, oh yeah, Boba, Boba, Boba Tunde. He's yeah, like, Willie Lloyd. Everybody hits their breaking point. For some people, it's a letter. For some people, it's blah, blah, blah. For some people, it's the smell of a hot pie sitting on a floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that he gets, he's getting shot at for getting the pie and then the pie is too hot for him to eat. Like he just is like choking it down and it's like burning him. He gets like, ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's also like between this now, there's a, there's a, I believe it's this, this segment of time passing. There's like a montage to music of like the, like the other prisoners like being there and then fading right. away. Yeah. Like, I, uh, so. So this is the only part of the movie I really did not like. I I did not like the like whole like civil rights montage meshed with like the like fading away. I was like, this is it, 
it was like for a movie that made a lot of interesting creative choices this was one that seemed kind of beneath the movie i get it they're trying to like they're trying to express like the world is changing and like they are changing and you know time is passing but to me this just felt kind of forced i don't know so i I took it as like the world is changing but these guys are stuck with the penalties of a world of what it once was right and they're they're dying out here well yeah i mean that is exactly what it is but to me it was just i I didn't i thought a little little too heavy-handed i think it was i don't i just don't like the like fade away it was like all right like i don't know so now, so now they're older, and they get assigned to uh, the the warden's house. The warden, Ned, fucking Ned, Ned Beatty. Beatty. <laughs> so Martin works in the house, and Eddie Murphy works outside the house. But they're like Ned Beatty treats them like human beings, and he treats them with like respect. Yeah, and like we're uh, we're in what like the er, the late sixties, early seventies, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they go out like pheasant hunting with Arlie Ermy. And Arlie Ermy yeah. is the racist sheriff that started this whole mess for them. And they figure it out because he's got a scar on his face. And they find out that Eddie Murphy, he's got Eddie Murphy's daddy's watch. I think he sees the watch also. Right. Doesn't I think he, he hears it. it. Uh, that, yeah, because yeah, yeah, the watch has a plays tune. like a tune. Mm-hmm. And, and so they go out pheasant hunting. Like it all kind of comes to a, a head. And Arlie Ermey's about to shoot, I think, Eddie Murphy. And everybody's got guns drawn on him. And then Ned Beatty puts Arlie Ermey down and then covers for them. And sort of says it's an accident. Here's why. And they're like, you can't tell the truth. Got to tell them what they want to hear. But Eddie Murphy gets his watch back. And then Ned Beatty's like, because the guy basically cops to framing them. Yeah. And then Ned Beatty's like, look, I'm going to get you guys. I don't know what to tell you. You guys aren't. You shouldn't have been here. I can't make up 40 years. I'm going to give you a pardon. You guys, I'm so sorry. And then presumably he goes in the bathroom, has a heart attack, and they don't get to get out yet again. Yeah, I love that. I love that scene when Eddie Murphy has the gun on the sheriff. And he's like, he took 40 years or whatever. He's got the gun on and Claude's like, he ain't worth it. He ain't worth it. I forget what the sheriff says. And Claude's like, motherfucker, give me the gun. I'm going to shoot him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, the guy. Oh, yeah, Arlie Army's being a real piece of shit. Oh yeah, um, he's even even with two with a shotgun, two guns pointed at him. He's still like full on spouting all his racist uh, stuff. Just speaks to the entitlement and the, oh, the yeah, sense absolutely. of untouchable absolutely. it is. So now more time passes. Uh, the, uh, the, real quick, uh, before we move on completely from the scene, so. There's, I like, I, again, I like the little character moments in this movie. There's, once, uh, Ned Beatty gets out of the car, there's a scene where Martin Lawrence is just kind of looking around at society and he sees like a lot of black, black people just kind of walking around and like being, and it's like, oh, like things have changed. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. Like, there's little, like, you didn't need to put that beat in there, but I enjoyed that it was there. Like, I think there's a look in his eye that is so sad. I think that's why I have a problem with the fucking civil rights montage, because you kind of effectively have the same story. Like, you have the same emotional beat five minutes later in a much more, to me, natural way. So, the hat on a hat, as you guys like to say. Just to keep uh, doing yeah, it. that's another Seanism, but yeah, I, I do love that one. I use it all the time. Um. So, yeah, so now they don't get out of prison yet again. This is their closest. This is someone acknowledging that they... And, and, and they are very old. I th- I think like 
kind of sixty. They're like their late. Well, they're in their they, late sixties. End of the movie. Eddie Murphy says he's ninety. Right. Well, so more time passes, and now they're playing like cards with like presumably like people in like the like present day. Right. Yeah. Like it's kind of yeah. inferred that it's like pretty much up to date at that point. And there's a scene where they're talking about the guy's like, you want some of this cocaine? And then Eddie Murphy goes on this whole thing about how it gets smuggled in everyone's ass. I don't want to smell anyone's booty drugs and stuff. <laughs> and he's just like, and at this point, they're just the old dudes that can say whatever they want. They've been there the whole time. People respect them as like the old timers. Like they just, whatever. And then they got one more plot to get out. And he's like, I don't want nothing of it. Stop it. Leave me alone. And next thing you know, there's a fire in the infirmary and they both get burned up and that's why they're getting buried. And then Heavy D's like, so what was their last plot? And said, well, the plot was they steal a couple bodies from the morgue and hide them in their beds. So when the building burns down, everybody thinks that that's them. And then they're like, well, how do we know it didn't work? He's like, oh, I didn't say it didn't work. Yeah, I I enjoyed that a lot, too. But then they somehow ended up at Yankee Stadium with no money or ID. Like, I don't well, know how they did that. If you remember in the beginning of the movie, that's what Martin Lawrence was going to spend his first paycheck on was season tickets right. to the Yankees. So it's a little bit of reincorporation. Right. But like, with what money? I don't know. Yeah. They're hustle. They're 90 year old hustlers. They figured something out. Yeah. I figured that, I, honestly, God, if my, one of my only complaints about the movie, honestly, is how they got there. And if they did a little hand waving, like Martin Lawrence put ten dollars into the bank he was about to work at when, oh, in nineteen thirty, yeah. and he compounded interest into now. Oh no! Do you really need to do that for like a cute little no, scene where they're at, at the Yankee game? I mean, it's like it's the literal last scene of the movie. And then they did one of my favorite '90s comedy tropes. They showed the outtakes, and the outtakes were generally uh, very funny. Yeah, the outtake when they're in the car and somebody's cell phone rings, and he's like, "Hello." Yeah, it's like, it's like yeah, I, I can't talk. It's 1931. I, I'm the first one to get this. I'm the first one to get one of these. <laughs> that was great. I mean, like, I can only imagine like how much you have like two. You two, you have a, you have an entire cast of very funny the, people. Eddie Murphy's set. a funny dude. Well, yeah, but I hear, funny dude. I hear that both of them, Martin and Eddie Murphy, are like notoriously awful to work with. So, you know, maybe that's the case, but they, you can't I be mean, out never funny guys. I've never worked with either one of them, so who knows? And Bernie Mac's hilarious. Like, they had a lot of oh, Anthony Anderson's hilarious. Anthony like, you had a very hilarious. funny cast. It was probably very funny on that set. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, um, uh, all right. But that's well, it. Anything else? We covered a lot. Uh, is there anything else we're going to talk about before we get into uh, our five knuckle shuffles? Mm-hmm. I think we, really. we, did, we did a lot of pausing during the synopsis. All right, uh, five knuckle shuffle time. <laughs> Alec. Um, it's a 10. Wow. Like, I love right this. I respect I've seen this movie a few times. Once, I probably watched it about a year ago, and then this time and i know i've seen it at least a couple of times when i was younger like i love this movie it's like yeah, so it's good. good and it's so well acted and it's such a good blend of comedy and like drama um and those two do a great job selling both yeah i agree and they have great like, chemistry with each other like eddie murphy's just a great actor like he he can do like everything martin surprises me in this like he's a funny guy but he's not known for like his acting chops. 
he yeah. plays the straight he plays the straight man in this movie and he does he's, it like he's really good. Really well. Yeah. But like I love this movie to death and I love everybody everybody uh in it playing their uh playing their roles. Like this movie's tremendous. Um and like every cameo, like every little cameo you see is somebody you recognize for something else, and you gotta look up at that and see what else they did. Um Uh, the guy who directed this. Yeah, I was gonna ask, what else has he done? He he did some stuff. Then he uh he died. Oh, here, hang on. Let me. <laughs> he direct he directed Blow. Okay, uh, I hate that movie. So he directed the Ref. Oh, Dennis the Leary. the Dennis Leary movie. I remember liking yeah. that. He directed a bunch of music videos, and then he um, died. and some like comedies. He, oh, hold on, let me. He collapsed after playing in a celebrity basketball game for the NBA Entertainment League. Oh my and God. died a few hours later at the UCLA Medical Center. Holy shit. Jeez. That's terrible. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, and I'm pretty sure I wrote somewhere else on game that it's because of uh, his massive cocaine addiction. Oh, wow, well, yeah. <laughs> womp womp. Like. Both of those things happened. He was doing tons of coke, and he died after playing a celebrity basketball game. Jesus Christ. Well, he did a good job on this one. Uh, so a 10 from the A-Dog. Yeah, 10. Um, I can't recommend this movie enough. Well, more people should see it. It's like 25 years old now. Like, Jesus Christ. No, it was a bomb. <laughs> it didn't even make its money back. It cost $80 million in 1999 wow. to make really? this. And it didn't well, even, it does, it look, it does it look really make, good. So yeah, but still, Eddie, but Eddie Murphy doesn't. Eddie Murphy's expensive, right? That's, well, yeah, we talked Martin about Lawrence, probably expensive too. Didn't we talk point. about it in Beverly Hills Cop Three? He made like fifteen million just his salary, so he probably got twenty for this. Yeah, and I'm sure Martin wasn't too far behind him because this was like this the, is like Bad Boys time for him, right? Like Bad Boys, he, Blue Streak. Um, he made a whole bunch of movies around this time. Probably right about his peak. Um, literally made like, it didn't even make its budget back. It made like 70 over here or something like that. Man, that's surprising because I, I, like I said, I hear people talk about this movie to this day. So that's surprising to me. Um, to me got, it's got a big cult following after the fact, actually. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Gogs. Uh, I'm going to give it an eight. <laughs> Uh, this is my first viewing of it. I really liked it. I, it was not at all what I expected. Um, like I'm saying, I expected it to be like a goofy, goof um, up. like goof em up, like a, like a silly, like I thought it was gonna be like, remember Let's Go to Prison? Remember that movie? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was gonna be like that. That's definitely, like get, that is definitely a goofy goof em up, that movie. Yeah, or like Get Hard, or like one of those kind of like, all right, we're going to make a funny prison movie. I did not expect like the genuine emotional beats and like the, the commentary and like, like I'm saying, like the meditations on like racism and everything and sexism and, uh, and you know, acceptance of, of gay folk. Like I didn't expect any of this in this movie. I didn't expect to feel like sad. At all watching this. I, I thought it'd be sad watching it because it wasn't a good movie and I was pleasantly surprised that it was a good movie. 
and that it carried a lot of emotional, a lot more emotional weight than I expected. And like I said, the, the, we touched on it. We talked about it quite a bit. Um, that scene where Eddie Murphy is basically painting the picture of his nightclub for all the inmates and giving them like that weird taste of freedom just through storytelling is such a cool scene. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is, it's like, it's great. And it's like worth the price of admission. Really good movie. Shout out to Tubi, by the way. Uh, big ups Tubi. Uh, if you haven't seen, don't be like me. Watch, watch life. If you haven't seen it yet, (laughs) don't be like me. Play soccer. Um, TJ. Uh, it's going to be a nine for me, dog. I really enjoyed this movie. There's there's a few little minor things that I didn't care for. Like I said, I hated the civil rights montage, like uh, Tony, I don't feel well dissolving thing. I, I hated that a lot. Um, I also felt like the movie, I felt like it's a little soggy towards like the middle, like because it's like it tries to like. It takes a little while to get to like the Bokeen Woodbine part, and then that part is like really crucial to the movie. But then like after that, it's kind of it kind of wades around a little bit. But it's still really good. I mean, I feel like again, I can't I can't give it enough credit for a looking fantastic. Like it's it's shot incredibly well, and it's so nice to see like a movie that has like that that spends a lot of time. An effort in like, okay, there's a period piece. We want to make it look like the period, you know, we want to make sure to use like a lot of like warm colors and stuff like that. And they do a lot of great stuff visually to enhance the mood without ever even the characters talking and shit. I love. Yeah. The, I, I, don't, I don't even think about that because it feels hot. And yeah. Oh yeah. And thick. Like I would imagine. The Mississippi in the summertime would feel like. I mean, like, can you imagine disgusting. fucking working, you know, what, 12 hours a day? And, the, and back then they had, like, they didn't use, like, cotton and shit. They probably had, like, wool outfits. Like, it's probably fucking awful. I can't even imagine. Um, But uh, this, it was really good. I really enjoyed the – I really enjoyed how well written all the characters were, even, like, the goofier characters. Like, I – I thought it was really well done and um like a definite change of pace that I wasn't expecting. Like I thought like kind of like God, cause I, I kind of thought this would be more silly and it really wasn't. It was, it was, it was really, really well done. And it's a shame that it, it was a, a commercial uh failure because it's a great movie. It's, it's really, really well done. Uh I really enjoyed it. So yeah, it's going to be a nine for me, dog. Uh So yeah. So Gogs, do you have a pick? Uh, for next week since Sean's not here. Um, God, have, have you seen My Name is Dolomite? I've not seen My Name very is Dolomite. Good. Uh, I mean, I, I'd like to recommend that to you if you don't have anything burning in your brain. Cause I, I think... don't. My, my, my only, my only, honestly, my only pick was going to be, um, Pluto I was going to pick trading, well, I was going to check trading places or vampire in Brooklyn. Um, uh, but I've not oh, seen God. My Name is vampire Dolomite. Vampire in Brooklyn. Oh my God. You might have to pick vampire in Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> I forgot. I think my name is Dolomite might end up being like, cause you love all those like black exploitation movies and stuff. It, like you might, my name is Dolomite might be like your favorite Eddie Murphy movie. When I tell you, it's it. really I, good. When I watched right, it, well, then let's go, let's go, let's do it. Work. I want to like, see it. I loved it. I watched it with I, you, didn't I, Alec? I think like, yeah, you it was it in your uh, backyard. Yeah, yeah you're talking about Dolomite is my name, right? Dolomite is my name. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, let's yeah. do that. I'm 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 into it because I'd like to see it. So and it is so goddamn good. It's ridiculous. It's really, it's really good. All right, and it's right. Uh, on Netflix. It's on Netflix. It's a Netflix original, if memory serves. Mm-hmm. All right, you well, know that's the between sh- Afterlife. I was just reading Afterlife. My name is Dolomite was the next rated R movie that Eddie Murphy made. Really? For like 20 years, he didn't make a single rated R movie after like building his career off of it. On rated R movies. Yeah, that's wild. Rated R movies and stand-up comedy. I mean, his stand-up is fucking filthy as hell. It's great. Oh, yeah. And very problematic. Um, (laughs) All right, everybody. That's the show. Uh, Dolomite is my name next week. Excited to rewatch that one. Uh, So, yeah. Uh, go uh, eat your own ass, and uh, we'll see you next week. Go birds. Bye-bye. Later, boys.